All the games I used to play in my younger wilder days. The game of clubs and teams. How are y'all doing? First of all, Spencer, how, how are you doing? And how's the weather where you're at? Weather's good. Vegas, you know, the thing is with Vegas, and I've told this to people before, and I, I guess the thing about it is, it's unfair to say because it gets into zero degree weather in some places, but Vegas is not always perfect weather. You get really hot summers and then during the winters, it can get a little bit cold and gets very windy in this state, but weather's good right now. There's no complaints on that end. And as far as the golf goes, it's been a good tournament. Uh, Scotty Scheffler is obviously running away with it right now, but still two days to go. I think anything can happen. I don't think this is over. And when I ran the numbers on my model, my model doesn't believe it's quite over yet either. Mm, good to hear. Uh, I was actually first thought I had, of, uh, you know, after, you know, when he's starting to run away with it, I started cooking dinner. I had the, had the TV loud and listening and, you know, I'm, I like to, when I cook dinner over here, I like to go all in. So, uh, you know, I was doing, you know, dicing up sweet potatoes and onions and green peppers and, and had, we had we had uh, New York strips and uh, and and shrimp, grilled shrimp, and because it's Masters Week, right? We're we're going all out for Masters Week. And sitting here watching all this, and man, just like birdie after birdie after birdie, I'm like, goodness gracious, this is this is pretty wild here. What do you run off like three or four in a row right there on the back nine? And yeah, uh, built a pretty good lead. And and but you know what's weird about the Masters is, or or any golf tournament in particular you get that, you get the big lead. The big lead is a little different than a lead. You know, there's a little, there's a little unconscious added pressure. I'm not sure if he's going to fall into those things or whatever, but um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. For everybody watching, I'm sure you know this guy, this guy's uh, at TL sports on Twitter, Spencer Aguiar, um, him and Joe uh, came in a rotor baller the exact same time. They built this, uh, they built the rotor baller golf uh, content from the ground up and uh, turned into one of one of the best uh, products out there when it comes to DFS uh, PGA stuff. So first of all, hats off to you guys. And, and I'm happy to be friends with both of you and work alongside of you all uh, week in, week out. Really appreciate the kind words there, Andrew. And the funny thing about it is, is when we started this, it was in 2008 for the, or sorry, 2018 for the Masters. So uh, it's kind of wild to be sitting here with Joe and you and, you know, talking about the masters. I don't think doing a podcast at the time was something that Joe had envisioned and it was not something that I had envisioned doing. So it's kind of come full circle and, you know, I'm happy to be able to do it with you guys. Yeah. And I did not even mention what, you know, fantasy sports golf rider of the year here, uh, Spencer Aguilar, a golf content award winner, uh, puts out what you put out, uh, three premium articles a week plus, all the extra stuff with the showdowns and the one and done and the and the, and the expert roundtable, right? What what are those articles detail? Yeah, so I do about seven or eight articles for Rotoballer Week. So you'll get all the showdown content. That's where you can find my in-tournament model. I will give you it from an outright perspective. I'll run it. I will give it from a head-to-head -head perspective. I'll try to give my head-to-head -head picks in each article for this tournament right now. I'm three and one. Uh, this year, I've been on fire on those plays. I believe I'm over 7% right now through 30, 40 plays on it. So those have been going really well. My Vegas report will give you all the picks that I have for the week. I do a DraftKings article where I run down the DraftKings board on Monday. It's a first look perspective on it. 
where I run all my numbers against it to try to find leverage and all those advantages. Uh, the one and done that you mentioned, uh, I do the round table and I don't think, am I missing anything, Joe? I feel like that's the, everything that I do. I think you got it all, buddy. Thank you. Yeah. Got it all. Yeah. Uh, sorry. My light, my light here. I've, <laughs> I've tripped over this I cord three times so far about knocking myself out. Um, yeah. So yeah, if you're interested in supporting Spencer at all, and you want to sign up for the PJ premium, you're going to love to see that Vegas report. I know from just, just, uh, just from a, a telling perspective. So if you want to look into that, uh, use this promo code T off. Uh, when signing up for the PJ Premium, save you about 10% on that deal. Okay, so let's talk about today, Friday. Um, we've had an outline for every show. I haven't got one made up for this one, so we're going we're gonna to shoot from the hip from this one. Um, how's your tournament going so far, Spencer, uh, from, from your personal perspective? And, 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 and we can talk about where we'll, 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 we'll go, we'll, we'll round about after everybody kind of throws out that we'll come back to where we think it's going. So Spencer Gill first, how's your tournament going so far in your, your opinion? Uh, from a pre-tournament perspective, it's going all right. The pre-tournament head to heads that I had, those are definitely the weak point. As I said, I'm three and one on an in-tournament perspective. Went two and one today on the first day I hit Dustin over Morikawa that's going to save the week. I think a little bit there, the matchup um, bets. I'm going to probably have a couple. If you look at my Vegas report article or my in tournament article that I do, you can find it there, but from a DraftKings perspective, it went pretty well for me from the plays that I had. I like Sam Burns. He missed the cut. Uh, I was pretty much a full fade on Kepka. I like Xander a little bit, but a lot of my exposure there wanted to go towards Cantlay. So I mean, it's a very minor miss, but like other than Xander and Burns, that's pretty much the only players that like I wildly miss from the top. I like Eric Van Royen a little bit, but and that's a $6,000 play that had no ownership to him. I like Cameron Young a little, but most of those really big guys that missed the cut, like Casey, who didn't play or Kepka or Spieth. I didn't have any exposure to them. So that's, that's a really good thing on that front. But uh, unfortunately on the outright perspective, I don't know if I'm going to end up getting to the winner's circle this week. I really liked Rory. Uh, we can talk about Rory in a little bit. It's just the putter didn't come around. I really liked Hatton. Same exact thing has happened with him. He has the biggest differential in the tournament right now that I can find. And um, you know, sometimes you just need to get a hot putter that doesn't come to win these tournaments. Yeah, um, I'm trying to think. You know, I was exposed a little bit with Woodland, and I, I you know, I, after looking at the numbers, I didn't listen. I didn't listen to what the numbers told me about that guy. You know, he hasn't. He he might have had flashes at this tournament, but he hasn't actually finished well. Um, for me, I, I'm a little disappointed in in the six K range, not diversifying more from the standpoint of. I'm not saying that I would have ever picked Charles Schwartzel, and who knows where Charles Schwartzel is going to finish at the end of this tournament, but I have zero exposure to him. And you know, he's got three good finishes here, I think. I think three three top tens, obviously the win back in way back in the day, uh, 2012, maybe 16. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Uh, but, you know, he's had a couple of finishes here, you know, especially in the – you know, with the conditions that favored him, right? I mean, high wins, uh, low scores – lower you know well higher scores i guess 
and and that's going to favor the guy that doesn't necessarily put it as well and it fits the mo with like a um you know what the story we try to tell ourselves was Zalatoris. you know good lag putting good ball striking goes a long way here and that's his that's his game and so that may be why he's finished there strong here a few times you know over the years so i'm a little disappointed i don't have any exposure to him i'm very proud that i have uh, a ton of exposure to uh dj and um and and it's still patrick i'm still not patrick's still there i mean i know he's a couple over par but he's still there uh the one guy i really screwed up on i was big on woodland and big on um on spieth honestly and i and i taught myself into spieth uh it's hard not to if you look at past history i know joe i know where joe's going with this conversation one man and one man only so go ahead joe yeah uh Brooks Kepka was a one-man wrecking crew <laughs> from my week. Uh, to you know, it's so tough, man. It's like I was telling you guys before before we started recording. Um, I invest so heavily in these core players, and unfortunately, my all of my Scotty Scheffler exposure, which I have a lot of, was paired with Brooks. So uh, that that kind of kind of kills it. Um, you know, you got the got the tournament leader, but you also got uh, a, a guy that you're heavily invested in missing the cut, and it's just very frustrating. Um, you know, I rarely I rarely miss uh, on, on these higher dollar core plays. Uh, sometimes I will try to focus in on a mid range or lower tier guy uh, and make them a core piece, and understandably they they will miss uh, occasionally, but uh, you know, rarely do I miss. Uh, as badly as I did on Brooks this week. Um, so it's still just kind of one of those things. It's, it's tough to shake off. Um, <clears throat> you know, nine holes into this thing yesterday, I'm absolutely loving where we are with Brooks. Uh, Two nine. the golf course is playing tough. Uh, you know, it's a scenario that if I could pick a hand pick a scenario uh, to have a ton of exposure to Brooks, it would be the way this course is playing this week. Uh, which, which kind of makes it that that much more frustrating, but yeah, um, just a you know just a almost a, a weak killer for me uh, with how Brooks Kepka played today. So that's uh, that's where I am halfway through. Also, Spencer, I want to talk to you one more thing about this. I, I found myself exposed quite a bit on the younger guys with their first time here. Um, you know, I'm, I'll run through some names. You know, obviously Burns. Um, heavily exposed to Burns, heavily exposed to Hoagie, heavily exposed to Young, um, Straka. I just found myself like drawn to these guys, probably because of the form over the last, you know, six months to a year. How do we in the future here at Augusta National put into I mean, we get do we need to follow your seven seven deadly sins uh article for this and and just you know on a note to be safe, maybe not be so heavily exposed. Uh, you know, luckily. I, I was really high on JJ Spawn. I thought it would continue over, but I let myself. I talked myself out of it because of that, you know. But I didn't talk myself out of it on, on the, um, you know, the young, and uh, Burns. You know that those two hurt pretty pretty good. Maybe Young more than ever because he was down that range where I need him to pull through. You know, um, I'm happy with obviously Sp uh, JJ and Hoagie and uh, Straka. I mean. I think Straka, I've watched a lot of his shots. And uh, actually, his strokes gain uh, putting surprised me a little bit. But uh, if he can if he can square up that driver here going forward, he can shoot a low number on this golf course. 
I've got him. I've got him. I've got him. T twenty at nine to one. I'm pretty happy about that right now. Yeah, I, I think you know one of the problems is in Young and Burns would be the two that, no pun intended, burn me. I guess also on it, but it's a tough situation. Like when I run my model, I attach a weight to the course history, and the players that don't have course history, I will go through and give them a number on it. So. Like for Sam Burns, for example, I put him as like one of the 40th best guys at this course. Now, we don't know that to be true. And you do need course experience to find success here. It's just a tough situation to decide what you want to do in that spot, because I think every single one of those players that you named is ended up being underpriced. And that's part of the problem is that you do get these quote unquote values that aren't used to playing the course. And and you run into these problems where on the surface, if you're running a model, Cameron Young is going to look really good or, or Sam Burns is going to look really good. And I think Sam Burns was a fine play. I'm not really sure exactly what happened to him. Like if I go through the stats, it's the around the green game, I guess more than anything that that got Tim. And, and that would make sense. These are very fast greens and, and the undulation to the property ends up causing problems. He looked good off the tee. You would expect that with the length that he has, but it's kind of just, you have to pick and choose your spots and you have to try to find leverage and advantages when you put together your lineups. And maybe as far as Cameron Young goes, there might've been a little bit too much ownership around him. I think for a first timer at over 10%, maybe I should have been more cognizant of that situation, but I didn't mind the burn situation. It, it was one of those things where I thought he was a good value and I didn't think he'd win the tournament, but I wasn't expecting him to necessarily miss the cut either. And you know, unfortunately, as you mentioned with the seven deadly sins article, I didn't end up betting Scotty Scheffler to win. I didn't end up betting Cameron Smith to win. I didn't bet Sung JM to win. Those are three of the 12 guys that qualified there. So I'm a little frustrated that I didn't stick to that a little bit more also. You're on mute, Andrew. There we go. Yep. I'll mute. That's, that's, that's dad life right there. Muting the, muting the mic. <laughs> so anyway, so I, I coined the show, uh, um, showdown report. That's what we're here for. And that's, uh, Spencer writes, uh, uh, content every week surrounding the showdowns. And, uh, I'm not that, uh, averse to the showdown report or showdowns in particular. Uh, so I'm going to give you my strategy. I want you to poke holes in it. Okay, Spencer. So my strategy is I'm going to go down through here and I'm going to pull out the biggest strokes gained putting differential from standard average weight versus what they are this week and uh, make a lineup, you know, make four or five lineups. Do you think that's a good strategy, number one? And um, and if so, that's great. If not, why? On the surface, yes. I, I think it's a good strategy. I think it's something good to implement. If you're using it solely based off of that, I'm going to say no, because I do think pre-tournament information needs to come back into play. I think that's one of the biggest problems that people have when they do showdown content or they make showdown lineups is everything that they've done from a pre-tournament perspective just goes out the window because of two rounds that have been played. I think that's a very dangerous game to play. I think that, and that's when you, you do sign up protoballer and you look at my in-tournament model that I put out there. I put a weight that you can attach to it for your pre-tournament information where that can come back into play on it. I think that's a really important thing to look at. And that mixed with the guys that have the big differential in putting will be where I am looking. And, you know, two of those examples, just to throw them out there, Terrell Hatton 
let's let's go through. So baseline putting. If we took the baseline putting numbers and we put those stats into the ball striking that's taken place so far, instead of what the guys have actually done on the greens, this is where everybody would be as of this point. And, and I'll run through eight or ten of them just to get a general idea. And this is not rounded up or down. This would this is to the decimal points of this. So you're gonna have some wonky numbers that don't actually make sense. But if everybody beta played to their baseline on putting with the way that they've struck the ball, Scotty Scheffler, 4.41 under par, Terrell Hatton, 4.37 under par. I think Hatton has been one of the biggest underachievers in this tournament when you look at that. Cameron Smith, four under par. Hideki, 2.96 under par. Connors, 2.43. Johnson, 1.77 under. Matthew Fitzpatrick, 1.28 under. Rory McIlroy, 1.27 under. So just looking at that list right there, the three guys that are substantially off from where they should be, Terrell Hatton, Matthew Fitzpatrick, Rory McIlroy, even though Cameron Smith is up there, I think he should be closer to the lead than he is. I think those are four really interesting targets to look at. I think if you're going deeper down the board, one of the biggest outliers I can find is Mark Leishman. Um, he is way underachieved from what he's done so far. And for the most part, those are guys that I liked pre-event. So that's what I'm trying to find this week. Okay. So in saying all that, let's elementary it down. I mean, who, who we, who we like going into the weekend of when it talks to showdowns, if, if you're the, we're going to crown you the showdown, uh, uh, savant here, uh, going. So, so give us, give us some ideas about what you're looking into or who, not what, not what you're looking into, but what have you seen in, in your model work or, and, and all those uh, factor that in with the pre, the the pre-tournament stuff who who you what i like to call green lighting going into the weekend terrell hatton for sure like if we look at his baseline putting versus what he's done so hatton is over six strokes worse than he should be at this moment that's a massive number you never see outliers that big and that's the reason why my model believes you should be in second place if you have just gotten some sort of a random normal putting week from him so i really like terrell hatton I think Cameron Smith still has a chance to win this tournament. My model has him number one overall pre-tournament. It has him number one overall in all iterations of how I've run it. He is number one in this field when it comes to strokes gain off the T plus, plus approach. 7.40 strokes. Um, I mean, if we compare that to Scheffler, that's nearly two shots better. It's just Scheffler. The big difference it comes down to is Scheffler has gained 3.90 with his putter. Cameron Smith has lost 1.19. I think there's going to be a change that takes place at some point. I like Matthew Fitzpatrick of where he's at. I like Rory McIlroy. Um, I'll run through some other guys that I have a value on. As I said, Mark Leishman has a value for me. Um, unfortunately for Joe, Brooks Kepka would have been a player I would have liked if he could have made it into the weekend. Uh, he's one of the biggest outliers I had with putting. And, and the one difference is with him compared to everybody else. Kepka lost 5.22 shots with his putting. He did gain 3.39 around the green. So I guess there's a little bit of an outlier both directions with it. But those five or six names would be the players that I'm most intrigued on. And then I guess just to talk about some players that are way overachieving on the other end of the spectrum that I don't necessarily want anything to do with right now. 
uh, Christian Bezadenhout, Danny Willett, Siwoo Kim, Lee Westwood, Minwoo Lee, Sungjae M. Unfortunately, we talked a little bit off the air, Andrew. I know you like Hudson Swafford, but Hudson Swafford's on that list. Um, Taylor Gooch. Just guys like that that I probably won't have as much exposure to because my model seems to be a little bit lower on them. Now, is that, any, is that because of any statistic overall or just what your model – is that any statistic in particular or is that just what your model overall is seeing? Well, yeah, with like Bezayden Hout, we'll use him for an example on this. Um, it's all putting with Willett. It's all putting. Like at some point, I think they return back to their baseline and they're very good putters, but they shouldn't be gaining, you know, five to six shots putting over two rounds. Lee Westwood wasn't a guy that I was huge on to begin with. He's one of my fade candidates. I, I had a matchup against him today with Patrick Reed. I will probably try to have another matchup with him. I see Robert McIntyre against him on DraftKings at minus 125. That's probably a price I really like. I think Westwood's a guy that you're looking to take on this week if you can get an opportunity to. Um, same thing with Swafford, unfortunately. I'm probably going to have Harry Higgs in a matchup at minus 105 over him. But uh, that's kind of how I play this. It's, I just take my pre-tournament numbers, I mix it with the in-tournament stats, and I run it through each day. A little bit more of the information goes on to the in-tournament numbers from the than from the pre-tournament numbers. So like... For example, after day one, I will have 75% of my information on the pre-tournament numbers, 25% of my information on the in-tournament numbers. After day two, it's 65% pre-tournament, 35% in-tournament. And then after day three, it's more of a 50-50 proposition with it. So I am always going to care about what I've run pre-tournament. And, and that's kind of where I was going earlier on in the conversation with both of those things end up mattering to me. And as the tournament goes on, the in-tournament starts meaning a little bit more, but it'll never be more than 50% of my weight, even after, you know, on Saturday night when I run this. Gotcha. So, so guys, where do we think this tournament's going? Where do you think, Joe? I mean, you text me earlier or earlier tonight and you're like, I hate to say this, but first thoughts of let's go ahead and get him fitted for a jacket. Uh, yeah, my, my knee jerk reaction uh is that this thing's over um but but now that i've had a little time to kind of sit and step away from it a bit from from just how impressive scheffler was uh i mean i, th I think there's certainly there's certainly avenues where this thing gets tight uh coming down the stretch sunday um you know obviously he's got a huge lead five shot lead uh it's tied for the largest 36 hole lead in history uh it's happened five other times and and four of the five other times uh, the, the players went on to win. So, you know, I think uh, Scotty Scheffler is a prohibitive favorite uh, going the rest of the way to win this thing, uh, especially with the way he's playing this week and the way he's been playing in weeks past. Um, you know, it's it's not like we've got a kind of a fluke guy up there with a, with a big lead. This is a proven player, the new number one player in the world. Um, so I certainly think he's, uh, you know, a huge favorite to just go out and win this thing. But that said, uh, th there are some explosive players behind him. Um, this is a golf course that both allows guys guys to go low, uh, but but can also be difficult uh, for a guy like Scheffler. Uh, you know, playing conservatively, you you can go out and play Augusta National and play really well uh, and shoot seventy four. So you know, he, he goes out tomorrow, shoots an even par round, maybe one over. 
Um, and, and a guy behind him shoots a 68, 67, doesn't have to be a crazy number, but then all of a sudden, you know, we, we got a, we got a dog fight come Sunday. So, and there are guys behind him that can put scores up. Uh, I, I don't think either one of you guys mentioned Justin Thomas. I know he's very far back, but, uh, I, I look for a big weekend from JT, uh, killed it today, led the field in strokes, gained approach and strokes, gained T to green today, uh, struck the ball beautifully. Uh, had the round of the day, so we, we've seen this, this numerous times from him uh, struggling round one, get things going, and kind of blaze through the weekend. So, you know, he's 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 a ways back, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see another good round from him tomorrow. Uh, another thing we want to take into account is the course conditions. Um, you know, I, I think we've seen this course play extremely tough. This is kind of the toughest version of Augusta National. Um, and I look for that to continue, you know, as things firm up and get even faster over the weekend, um, the, the breeze is going to stay there. So, you know, I look at a guy like a Shane Lowry, uh, you know, a, a major champion that's, that's experienced, a grinder, uh, can handle any type of weather conditions, uh, and, and honestly kind of prefers it the tougher it gets. Uh, and Spencer mentioned the Cameron Smith, who we know is extremely explosive and can play well in any type of conditions. So, you know, my, my gut reaction, my first uh, initial thoughts were that, that Scheffler's got this thing locked up. Um, but but when you start digging in a little bit, looking down the board at who's behind him, we got a Dustin Johnson there. Uh, we know the type of things he's capable of. So, you know, it, it's all going to depend on Scotty. Um, if he goes out and puts another round together like we saw today or anything similar, then uh, the, then this thing's probably over. But you know, if he if he struggles a little bit tomorrow, uh, or just plays mediocre, and a couple guys behind him uh, come out with some good rounds, then we could have an exciting Sunday still. Where do you see this thing going, Spencer? I personally think, which maybe it's the contrarian take here. I think it's fifty fifty if Scheffler pulls this off. Now, I agree with Joe. If we get anything close, we don't even have to get what he did. To, I mean, if he shoots two under par and he gets this to ten under. Might be difficult to catch him, but it's going to be a tough round tomorrow. I could, I think it's very possible that he could shoot two or three over and all of a sudden this tournament opens up. I think the three guys that are most likely to catch him, if somebody does, it's probably Cameron Smith, Justin Thomas, Hideki Matsuyama. Um, as Joe said, I, I Dustin's still in. I don't love the way he's striking the ball right now, but Dustin can turn it on at any point. My model likes Will Zalatoris. I know... Andrew, you brought up Cantley a little bit. I think at one over, it's not over. Like, if for some reason Scotty Scheffler shoots a 75 tomorrow and Cantley goes out and shoots a 68, all of a sudden he's back in this tournament. Like, Scheffler controls the destiny for a lot of these guys that are either even par or over. You know, the Rory McIlroy's of the world. The Maybe Terrell Hatton is too far back to come back. But even... A guy like Morikawa, who I don't technically love this week, he's sitting at one under par. He's not that far back. He has a lot of guys chasing him. He's still trying to win his first major. I know he's the number one player in the world now. He's still going to be feeling pressure that he's never felt before. So, yes, he is the favorite to win, but to me, it's 50-50. It's like a little over 50% for him, and then sprinkle the rest of the 50% with all those guys that are three under to probably two over with like the most realistic chances. I think, yeah, uh, I, th I think Scheffler can end this tournament tomorrow if he plays well. I would agree with I that. Mean, all, all that said, um, you know, and, and we're obviously fans. We, we want to see a, 
from a fan perspective, we want to see an exciting finish and we want this thing to, uh, kind of remain watchable through the end. But, uh, you know, with all that said, uh, the guys played amazing golf. Uh, he, he's shown a lot of poise in big spots, not, not major championship spots yet, but, uh, you know, it, it, he, it's on his shoulders to end this thing tomorrow. If he goes out and plays well, um, he can basically end it tomorrow. And that's the thing with it. It's it's not just like he's gaining with the putter and it's not sus- some sustainable thing. I know 3.9 is more than you would expect, but 2.87 off the tee over the two days, 2.79 approach, 2.87 around the green, the 3.9 with the putting. That's spectacular. He's almost three shots or above in all strokes gain metrics that you can find. So yeah, like there's really yeah. no reason to believe that he's not going to continue. And I guess that's the scariest part about it. But, you know, if he shoots, he could... Like, Joe, if he shoots a 72 even and Hideki goes out and shoots a 68, all of a sudden, now we have a dogfight between the two of yeah. them. Yeah, it it only takes one of those guys, uh, you know, to turn this thing into a dogfight. Um, you know, with a, with an even uh, even par or higher score from Scheffler, you know, I, I could see one of those guys, at least one of them, uh, maybe two, putting a number on the board tomorrow. we got to thank guys. It's going to be golf course is going to be playing tough tomorrow i believe um so you know it's going to be really interesting to see who can get themselves in the mix and position themselves for sunday and we've seen justin thomas do this before as you alluded to joe at the players championship he was down by a million strokes entering the weekend and he stormed back so he's a dangerous guy if he can get hot with the putter that's something that's you know we're remaining to see if that's going to end up being the case at the masters just because he has been so hot or cold on these greens i don't know if he can do it for two days but if he can he has a threat and he's definitely a threat to scotty scheffler yeah it's it's going to be really interesting to see what jt puts together tomorrow uh also really interested to see what cam smith puts together he hasn't really putted well not 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 up to his standards um you know from a strokes game perspective uh lost almost two strokes to the field uh, in round two so we, we know what type of explosive player he is um he demonstrated that the players demonstrated it in round one so i mean he's a guy that can string birdies together in a hurry um so the, the guys i'm circling behind scheffler to kind of keep an eye on jt uh cam smith and i would throw shane lauer in there just because he's a tough competitor uh and, and i feel like he can kind of handle the the tougher conditions that we we're probably going to see at augusta national this weekend one thing I want to add to the con- uh, conditions playing, and I've noticed it two days in a row, that the guys that get out really early, they get about six, eight holes in before the conditions get a little wiry. And, if, and obviously, Augusta, on purpose, for TV purposes, have two to three groups of really, really stud players in both, uh, both waves. And so what I noticed was the last four or five holes, the last, say, three holes on TV, there's no wind. Did y'all notice that last two days? Like there's very little wind at all coming down. Say, say Scotty's in the last group today. They had no wind like the last two holes. And I noticed that, that, so the conditions are actually toughest for the guys that tee off right in the middle, which could put a hindrance on somebody, you know, running off and shooting 66 that tees off. You know, it starts out in 25th place. Does that make sense, guys, what I'm trying to say there? And I didn't know if y'all had either caught that at all. I know Joe probably hadn't had an opportunity to watch as much as me and Spencer has, but I've watched a lot of it. I think kind of, you know, 
not exactly what you're saying, but kind of in that ballpark. I think we can also the pressure's off these guys. You know the, I mean we 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 all know guys the the hashtag backdoor king Rory McIlroy is coming tomorrow. <laughs> he's 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 starting the day out plus two, no pressure at all. Uh, so I mean we've we've seen him do it how many times backdoor top tens and major championships when the pressure's off. So you know if you're playing showdowns, you might want to circle Rory tomorrow because he's probably gonna come out and shoot sixty five uh, when it doesn't matter. Um, so, you know, the, the pressure's kind of off those guys. They can go out and free roll it a little bit. Uh, and, and as you mentioned, Andrew, maybe have the have a better the best of the weather draw if they're going off early um, versus uh, kind of midday. So uh, it, it's always interesting, especially from a showdown perspective, when you're just trying to, uh, to roster the six guys with the best scores. Yeah, yeah I really that- like Rory. I know I kind of alluded to that a little bit ago, but he's 11th in this tournament right now off the T-plus approach. I think he's sitting on a big round at some point. Yeah, I mean, I'm so. I think you know to kind of touch on those guys like that. Uh, definitely Rory, definitely John Rom, guys we can circle that. Uh, you know, we we know they have a knack for kind of being there uh, at the end of the tournament. Maybe not, you know, in contention to win, uh, but but these guys have the experience and they're very very good at playing all four rounds and and just racking up really solid finishes. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see a Rom or a Rory or both uh, play really well tomorrow. So so what you're saying is Rom, since he's two over and not in contention, he's not going to get as many mud balls like nobody else I got this weekend? <laughs> I don't know if y'all saw that, but just – yeah, he, He's complained about mud balls like four or five times and nobody else said a word about it. How's that possible? I don't know. Just a thought. Rom it can't does a be. Lot of it, complaining. it can't be his fault, Andrew. It can't be his fault. Okay. Got to. He's got to blame it on something. These guys are wired different, man. I, I almost think they've got to be kind of wired that way. I mean, we got we got Tiger Woods playing on a robot leg this week. Uh, that dude ain't exactly wired like everybody else. So uh, I think these guys kind of there's a little little piece of their mind where the wires are a little bit crossed, and Rom's comes out and kind of complaining about mud balls or whatever. Uh, we see other guys handle it in different ways, but uh, some of these guys are uh, have a have a really unique mindset uh, to, to kind of be competitive at this level. I think that, that's kind of what I chalk it up to. Did you see yeah. who Rom's playing with tomorrow? No, no, no. What 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 happened? He's playing with Terrell Hatton. That should be fireworks. <laughs> Man, if ever there needs to be a, a a group mocked up, it needs to be. Can't group. hear you, Joe. Can't hear you, bud. There ever needs to be a group mocked up. It needs to be Rom Hatton tomorrow. Yeah, did y'all see Rom? Uh, they thought Rom hit it out of bounds twice on ten. He just kept on reteeing and like worst shot ever. And then Doug hooked the next one. Worse, that's worse than the last one. And then gets down there and his first one's in bounds. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I I think uh, the Hatton versus Rom matchups kind of an interesting one tomorrow. I've seen Hatton as high as plus one forty there. If you're looking to purely number grab a price there, I think that that's a little bit closer than it should be. I plus one is a pretty good price on Hatton. I, I think Hatton's had one of the best years. I mean, he's he's undervalued every time he tees it up, in my opinion, hundred percent. And so, uh, if you've been on him this year, you've been you've been crushing 
uh, matchups. Uh, I've seen it, you know, I had him matched up against Zal Torres at TPC plus 135, I think, 134. Uh, it, was, it was an absolute lock, man. I mean, he just, uh, he's, he, he gets undervalued so much. And um, so I guess on leaving out, guys, uh, we've been we've been going around the horse. Who Spencer? I'll let you go first. Um, who you see making a move? And I know you. I feel like you're going to say Hatton or Rory, but who you see making a move? You're, uh, and and who do you see? Who do you really see as what we like to call deep down in your heart winning this thing? It's hard to go against Scotty Scheffler. I know I've said a bunch of negative things against him, and maybe that's just trying to find it from a mathematical perspective here. He is the favorite, like it's, it's him versus the field at this point. So it's either you like him or you like the field. And if you like the field, you, you got to come up with an answer of some kind. So for me, I'm going to say somebody catches him. Maybe that's going too outside of the box with it. I think the two most realistic people that can win this tournament from him are probably Cameron Smith and Justin Thomas. I think the two guys that are going to make a run are Hatton and Rory. Now that might just be runs to get into a backdoor top 10 finish. But I think Cameron Smith, if the putter can turn around for him, the way he is striking the ball right now, he's going to be difficult to beat. And, and he just needs a couple putts to go down. And I think that this tournament can become much closer. So uh, what about you, Joe? Yeah, I think Scotty Sheffler is going to win this tournament. Um, but I'm a little closer, Joe. We're, your mic's cutting out, buddy. Sorry, man. It's been a long week. I think this thing might be worn out. <laughs> um, I think Scotty Scheffler is going to win the golf tournament. Uh, I think he's the best player in the world right now. I think he's uh, playing with some poise, uh, with a lot of confidence coming off all these uh, these big wins, you know, in the lead up to this event. So I, I think Scotty Scheffler is going to win this thing. But I'm with Spencer. I think the two guys I've got circled to, uh, you know, that, that could possibly give him some, some headaches are Cameron Smith and Justin Thomas. Uh, with with Shane Lowry kind of having an outdoor outdoor uh, shot, but yeah, man, I, I think I think Shepherd's got this thing in hand, uh, and I think he's going to win. I got you, um, huh, man. I it's hard for me to see Scotty Shepherd not win this, guys. Uh, I see his true odds across the board around one forty to one fifty. And surprisingly enough, everybody's offering almost even money. So you might need to dab in there. I think FanDuel's offering plus 115. It might not be a bad thing that I see going forward. Uh, I don't I don't see anybody catching him. I'll be honest with you. Uh, they're going to get – they're going to have to, I mean, come out of the gate firing. Maybe, maybe, they, maybe they said – I would love to see the golf course be set up really hard on the front nine with some gettable pins on the back. That, and maybe the tee moved up on 15. That would be pretty cool, I think, coming down the stretch. Uh, you're going to get you're going to get out early and, and put put a little pressure or maybe see it. The problem is Sheffield's hit it right down the middle on every hole, 350 yards. That's the problem. It, it, I know he's making putts, but that's the problem. He he's not missing a fairway. I heard him today say, "God, it's like this guy just never misses a fairway," and it's so true. And on the shots that he misses, it's in the places where he can miss, and that's important. Uh, I agree with you, Spencer. Starting on about 15, 16 yesterday. DJ's ball striking went straight downhill and it's been going there ever since. He's looked uncomfortable uh with his long irons. So I I don't think he can catch him. Cam Smith and Saint I, I honestly think same with him. He played very bad poorly today. He grinded it out. 
I do like where Lowry's head's at. Uh, Matsuyama's a kind of a wild card for me. I don't really – I don't know. We don't know where his injury is, right? And and he, he's going to go out there and he's going to try on every shot, no matter if he's shooting 80 or 60. So, Matsuyama, it would be my pick on somebody to catch him. I don't think JT's got any. But if he gets it going, he gets it going. So, but I would say uh, Chef overall, check for the markets for a plus uh, on, on win the tournament. And um, – one match of value I'm going to throw out there that I'm not sure if I'm going to re- release it or not, but Zaltors is real odds um, against Morikawa tomorrow is uh, roughly even. So minus 105, minus 110, and he's plus money right now. So uh, it's, it's a tough one, but I, I kind of like it, honestly. He's probably about a 4% advantage overall. Um so I'm going to leave you with that. Anything going out y'all want to talk on before we leave? Let me touch on that very quickly. Um, so, and I agree with you. Zalatoris, my proper price on him is minus 117 against Morikawa. You can get him at plus 105 on DraftKings right now. If you shop around, I don't know if you can find a better price than that. I'm probably not going to include it into one of my wagers. It's going to be the one that ends up missing for me. Uh, but I like that. I think that if you are number grabbing a price there, Zalator should be the favorite, in my opinion, in that matchup. And then, as I said, McIntyre, minus 125 over Westwood. Harry Higgs, minus 105 over Swafford. And I haven't made a decision yet on Hatton, but um, I'm probably going to take him over Rom. There you go. And Joe Nice is going to be uh, shopping the uh, showdown uh, market here shortly to, to liven working up his weekend. Not. Working, building lineups tonight. There you go. Building lives tonight. Spencer Aguilar, thank you for coming on again. Our uh, most uh, welcome guest ever on this show. Been on more times than anybody. Tee Off Sports on Twitter. Um, fantasy Sports Golf Rider of the Year. Um, can't say enough about him. Uh, puts out killer content every week. Hardest, man, hardest working man in, in, in DFS, in my opinion. Joe Nicely, uh, the uh, my, my, my one of my best friends, uh, in the golf world and uh talk to him week in week out actually daily about golf and and a great mind surrounding it too uh thanks for everybody listening we got a couple more days of this uh joe i will be coming on tomorrow night tour picks don't miss that we got two more days of masters golf enjoy everybody thank you rotoballer.com for everything you do you have listened to the turn fantasy golf podcast it's gonna drive me it's gonna drive me